Hello Saints, Todd here with SafeguardYourSoul.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so blessed to have these moments together in the Word of God. And remember, Saints, there's nothing, there's nothing, no thing happening on God's planet that is even remotely as important as the work of the gospel and feeding the sheep of Jesus Christ for whom he died to save so that they can grow in grace, they can be edified, they can be equipped for the work of the ministry according to the scriptures. And let me just guarantee you this one thing, by the grace of God, this outreach will continue to unapologetically endeavor to preach the whole of the word of God, regardless of who gets offended or not in Jesus name. And please remember that your prayers and support are vital to this operation. Thank you. Saints, whenever we stop seeking God, we cease to be filled by the Lord. Remember Matthew 5, 6, Jesus said, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. In order to be filled with the presence and the virtue of God, which is the only fuel, it's heaven's fuel, that can continue to sustain us in a life of rich fellowship with Christ, without that, we are going to fall away. We are not sufficient of ourselves. We serve God by the power of the grace of God and the presence of God. And when we begin to look somewhere else other than Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, and we're not setting our affection on things above, but rather on the earth, then we are going to faint and fall. The freedom the scripture speaks about is serving the Lord. And if the son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. And he's only going to do that as you continue in his word, not only reading and knowing it, but obeying it and continuing to be nourished up in the words of eternal life daily. And that's what happens. People, they start allowing themselves to be sifted and they become weakened because they're now drifting from the Lord and departing from the faith ever so subtly. And they begin to neglect their feeding time, if you will, eating the word of God and ingesting it. The scripture says at first Peter 2, 2, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk or the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Anyone not ingesting the word daily is becoming weak and falling away. You must feed on the word of God daily or you will grow faint in the journey and fall away. Remember the apostle Paul, the Holy Spirit told him or showed him and he spoke through him that some shall depart from the faith. And why is that? Because they're neglecting their place, their relationship with the Lord, and they are thereby in that mix is the seduction of evil spirits and doctrines of devils. And one of the doctrines of devils would be to move them off of Christ, the author and finisher of their faith, and move them into causes that are for temporary glory and not the eternal glory that comes with setting your affection on things above, not on the things of the earth. When Christ who is our life shall appear, then shall we also appear with him in glory. And right there, 
there in the middle of that passage in Colossians 3, 1 through 4, he says, you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. He is repeating the cross message Jesus gave us, the only way to really walk with him. Luke 9, 23 and 24, if any man will come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Notice 1 Timothy 4, verse 1 and 2. Now the Holy Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Got to be careful, folks. You are the target of that one that evil one who walketh about seeking whom he may devour, that is Satan. Notice in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 11 and 12, the need to endure to the end. And we desire, Paul writes, that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. Notice, unto the end, that ye be not slothful, don't be lazy, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. That promise is the promise of the promises, the ultimate being the promise of eternal glory. We are king's kids if we're born again and abiding, but we're not home yet. We are not home yet. Notice Hebrews while we're there, chapter 10, beginning at verse 34, for ye had compassion on me and my bonds and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that ye have in heaven a better and enduring substance. See, he talks about how these believers had compassion on him when he was in jail. This seems all the more reason to conclude, not that it's ultra important, but that the apostle Paul was the one writing here. But they had compassion on him in his, while he was locked up. Jesus told us some of us are going to be cast into prison. Revelation 2.10, it's happening already. Probably a lot more than is publicized and that we even know about. And it's for the gospel's sake in many cases. That's what I'm speaking about here. But they had compassion on Paul when he was in bonds. That means bound. And took joyfully the spoiling of your goods. Your goods, I mean, you gave joyfully for the cause of a laborer of Christ. He's reminding them, knowing in yourselves that ye have in heaven a better and enduring substance. See, he's teaching what Jesus taught. That's the apostles' doctrine, as we see it stated in Acts 2.42, is that Jesus' apostles took and taught what he taught. And Jesus said, lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth. He didn't say don't lay up treasure, but he said don't lay them up on earth where moth and rust does corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust does corrupt and where thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also, Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 21. And then he says, no man can serve two masters. So knowing in yourselves, the apostle writes, that you have in heaven a better and enduring substance. Then he says, cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. 
In other words, it's going to bring great reward for you have need of patience or perseverance that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. That's a promise of final salvation or eternal glory for yet a little while. And he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Jesus is coming. Now the just shall live by faith. Those that are justified by God are going to live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. This is the last several verses in Hebrews 10. We're not here to break them all down, but they are definitely in a big way self-interpretive that you must endure to the end to be saved. That's what Jesus taught, and that's what his apostles, all of them, taught. You know, if you stand back and look at the people in ministry today who are either teaching that you're once saved, always saved, or eternally secure, and even more subtly, those, which is almost everybody, unfortunately, I said almost, not everybody, but almost, that are not teaching you scriptures like this, that you must endure to the end. And if you draw back, it's going to be to your own destruction, eternal destruction, irrevocably. Notice again, now the just shall live by faith in God, and that can only be fueled by fellowship with God, by the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10:17. you must be fueled like a wise virgin believer every day by keeping the lamp of your vessel, that is your heart and your soul, your body. The temple of the Holy Spirit, full of the presence of God. And that happens when you seek the Lord, you obey God. Jesus said, But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father, which is in secret, and thy Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, destruction, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Now, is this not exactly what Jesus was teaching in Matthew 25, 1 through 13, where five of the ten virgins that were espoused or engaged to the bridegroom in Jesus's parable, a parable is a earthly story with a heavenly meaning, five of them stayed in fellowship with the bridegroom and were openly received by the bridegroom joyfully as he opened the door of the bridal chamber. But the five foolish virgins who ran out of oil were shut out of the bridal chamber. That equals being shut out of the eternal place that God predestined for them to be in and with him in. That could mean nothing else. Just because God has predestined something does not mean it's going to happen. A lot of people that are lazy and lukewarm and have allowed themselves to believe the lie of eternal security instead of believing the word of God have bought into this. They like it because it excuses them so they think from the personal responsibility of diligently and literally obeying the great bridegroom Jesus Christ. That's why they love and they come unglued and those demons that are behind that message come out in full force 
enraged. I mean, it's not a righteous indignation at all because it's based on a lie, but it's beyond human rage. I have seen it for decades now where when you tamper with this pet doctrine, this eternally secure no matter what lie, you are going to get the devils from hell who are the first ones and the ones who continue to peddle this to be behind this and control those that are preaching this lie. All the way back in the Garden of Eden, this is a doctrine of devils. See, notice seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. We just read that in 1 Timothy 4, 1 and 2 are behind the departing those that depart from the faith. See, they start to buy lies. They don't stay nourished up in the words of eternal life. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 6 tells us that we are to stay nourished up in the words of eternal life. And that requires feeding on the word of God, feeding your spirit and mind every day. That should be the first thing you do when you awake in the morning is that you open the King James Bible. You read the Bible. You meditate on it. You study to show yourself approved unto God. You nourish your spirit and you spend quality moments in prayer with the Lord. First Timothy 4, 6 says, if thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, that's hopefully what this message is actually accomplishing. We're to put the brethren in remembrance of these things. And in fact, that's right after he had said, there are going to be those who fall away departing from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Wow. Then he says, verse 6, 1 Timothy 4, if thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, see, he's telling us, and Paul is telling Timothy, and that means the Holy Spirit's telling you and I, that we are to keep people, ourselves and others, in remembrance of these things, that there will be a falling away. As I mentioned a moment ago rhetorically it's quite shocking to look around us and see very few hardly anybody warning it actually individual believers is the only or the only ones i see warning others that you must endure to the end and all that the new testament especially has to say about this absolutely incredible how much real estate in the new testament canon is dedicated to this truth alone we don't have time to go through everything although we uh, in this message, but I want to prompt you to begin to look for it as you study the Word of God. And every day you pour over the Holy Scriptures prayerfully, nourishing up your spirit, your heart, your mind, your body in the Word of God. In fact, we have a category on safeguardyoursoul.com called Return of Christ or The Return of Christ. Also, End Times is another one. Another one is Endure or Enduring to the End. These are all on the category drop-down menu you on safeguardyoursoul.com. It's a wealth of information. It's a real cache of information to nourish you up in the words of eternal life and in particular concerning the return of our glorious Lord from heaven for his body. First Timothy 4, 6, if thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ. That right there tells you how many or how few good ministers of Jesus Christ we have today. And that would specifically 
specifically in this context include only those who are warning you to beware because there are seducing spirits and doctrines of devils that if you buy into them or allow your spirit and your body and your life to be seduced by them, you're going to depart from the faith. You see, we can't self-will or exist in a relationship with God without the nourishment of God, without doing things His way and just simply obeying Him and working out our salvation, not for it, but working it out with fear and trembling and seeing and allowing God to work in us, both to will and to do of His good pleasure. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 and 13, you know, I'm reminded of how Jesus said on this note, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Also verse 6, this is Matthew 5, at the onset of the longest recorded sermon of Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount, verse 6, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled. If you're not being filled with God, you cannot be sustained in a life with God. And if you're not hungering and thirsting after his righteousness, you are not being filled and you are famishing instead of being nourished up. Notice up as we're reading here in 1 Timothy 4, 6. But let me read another verse out of Christ's Beatitudes, if you will. Verse 8, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. The Lord requires that we serve him in a special way and let him tell us what that way is in his own words. He just told us, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven or God. Notice Psalm 34, 18. The Lord is nigh or close unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. That's the only people that are going to be saved, those that are of a broken heart and of a contrite spirit. That's Psalm 34, 18. Notice chapter 51, verse 17 of Psalms. Psalm 51, as you recall, is David's psalm of repentance. I want you to read that chapter. 51, 17, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. God lifteth up those that be bowed down. Psalm 145, 14, I believe it is. God requires a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. Notice 1 Timothy 4, 6. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up, notice, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. And notice he's talking now about good, quote, good doctrine, nourished up with good doctrine. And that's the only way that you're going to escape, that I'm going to escape being seduced, dropping back a few verses to verse 1, by seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. You've got to stay in the Word and be nourished up. I was talking, a guy, he's a brother in Christ, at the gym a few days ago, came up and he was hungering 
He's been born again, apparently, it seems like, but he's hungry. So he came to me and we had about a 20 minute conversation, solid, scripture rich. And he had some questions, threw out a few assertions that showed that he was not being nourished up in the words of faith. That's the words of God, the word of God, the Bible and good doctrine and needed to be nourished. And so scripture, the Holy Scriptures are given for four pillar purposes, doctrine, correction, reproof and instruction in righteousness. And so I was quoting verbatim Holy Scripture to him on that matter, and he was hearkening and listening. You know, having fellowship with brethren, brothers and sisters in Christ, I mean, real fellowship that actually is Christ-centered and Scripture-rich is absolutely essential in this last hour. And we're going to hit on that in a minute. Well, we'll do it right now. The Bible says that so much the more as you see the day approaching, are you to fellowship with the body of Christ. Hebrews 10.25, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. You know, we've never seen the day approaching, the day of Christ's return. You know, every day the news is showing us and everything around us that Jesus is coming and he's going to close down the rebellion of mankind who cannot solve his own sin problem. And sin is the core problem of the human race. So as you see the day approaching, notice we are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Now, to define assembling yourself together, I look straight to Scripture, and I believe you should also. And they met house to house daily, the end of Acts 2, where the church was born. Some people get all impressed because they go to church on Sunday, and that's, in most cases, the vast majority has nothing to do with true Christian fellowship. Very little, if anything. It's very empty. It's all set up to get you to continue to be a return customer, not to nourish you up in the words of eternal life, in the fear of God, with no respect to mere men. See, Jesus also warned concerning enduring to the end in the same passage in Matthew 24, that many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. They're false prophets, which means they come to you in sheep's clothing. They set up their churches. They've learned their business tactics on how to build their little church business and enterprise. They build their own kingdom. And that requires, in their mind, to use these fake Bibles that are more, they read more like little fairy tales instead of the sharp two-edged sword of the real Bible, the King James Bible. They definitely will never preach on because in many cases their fake Bibles have removed things like hell, repentance, the first word of the gospel, by the way. They will not teach on these cardinal doctrines of the Christian faith, holiness, the holiness of God and his requirement that you be holy as he's holy. And without holiness, no man shall see the Lord, Hebrews 12, 14. They're not going to talk about judgment. They're not going to be talking about being ready for all that the Bible says about readiness in light of the soon return of Christ for his bride, which is going to be, he's coming back for a bride without spot or wrinkle, without blemish or any such thing, but one that is holy before him, Ephesians 5, 25 through 27. They're not going to talk about the crucified life 
which is the only way to serve God. As Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ that liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You're not going to hear these doctrines in the modern church. You're not going to hear them. And God holds you responsible, though, to know them, to study his word for yourself, to hear straight from God with no man involved, not thinking, you know, that your spiritual life and your fellowship is all based in one building for an hour or two on Sunday morning. You have to take personal responsibility to have rich fellowship with other believers, praying together, eating together, drinking coffee together, studying and discussing scripture together. That's what we see at the end of Acts 2. I want you to go read that. Colossians 3:16. let the word of Christ dwell in you. That's an individual, and in that context, I believe it's actually corporate matter. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, that is, abundantly teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So Hebrews 10.25, before we bounce back to 1 Timothy 4, notice, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. That's two or more. That's what Jesus taught. As the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. And somebody is inevitably saying, what about, you know, praise and worship and all? I know exactly what you're saying, but here's the thing. Is it worth all the false teaching and the deliberate misleading of the flock of God? It isn't to me. I can praise and worship wherever I am. Notice also we're in Hebrews 3.13. He's talking about departing from the living God. Verse 12. Hebrews 3 and 4, very important to read and study. And they pour prayerfully over. In fact, they cover and they speak of the very thing we're speaking about today. And that is being nourished up in the words of Christ, in fellowship with Christ and his body, in light of his soon return. And being aware of the potential of falling away. As Jesus clearly taught that there would be those who believed for a little time, for some period of time. Doesn't matter if, if it's months, years or whatever. And in time of temptation, fall away. That is Luke 8, 11 through 15. And why are they going to fall away? Because they're not nourished up in the words of eternal life. They don't root out the things in their life that is sinful and look to Jesus, the author and finisher of their faith, laying aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset them. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, and therefore they fall away. Notice Hebrews 3, 12 through 14. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Now, how does an evil heart of unbelief happen? It happens when we're not nourished up in the words of faith. We're not in fellowship as we are called to be with the Lord and his people. Let me just say this too. Just because most of the churches have become a den of thieves and Instead of a house of prayer does not in any way negate your need to fellowship with other believers. You've got to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Nobody can do it for you. You better pray and you better find other believers to have real fellowship with. That's a warning or you're going to fall away. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you, brethren, an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. First off, we see that even in us, the brethren, the true born again believers, we can 
have an evil heart of unbelief, and we can depart from the living God. Verse 13, but exhort one another daily while it is called today. Do it now. Do it today. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. See, when the heart is not being tenderized and being poor in spirit and broken in spirit in a good way, through fellowship with the Lord and his people, it can become hardened. The heart can become hardened through the deceitfulness of sin, for we are made partakers of Christ if we hold, notice, if we hold the beginning of our confidence, that is our faith in God, steadfast unto the end. You see this over and over and over in scripture with Jesus and then his apostles and the writers of the New Testament canon unto the end. See, you're a king's kid, maybe, perhaps, if you are, let's say you are, okay, but you're not home yet. You must endure to the end to be saved. The only people that get upset with that are the ones who have been lied to, and they love those lies, and told that it's all already done. Doesn't matter what you do, you're still going to heaven. That is a lie from hell designed to get you to be lukewarm, which is all it takes to to go to hell after being saved. Jesus said, if you're lukewarm, I am going to spew. That means reject you, vomit you out of my mouth. You're no longer going to be a part of his body. Revelation 3, verse 15 and 16. So if we hold, we're going to be partakers of Christ, that is, in final salvation, in the bridal chamber of eternal glory as wise virgin believers. If, notice if, it's conditional. It denotes condition. If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. You know, isn't that what we read in Revelation 2, 4, and 5, where the Ephesian believers were complimented by Jesus, but then he has one thing against them, and it's a very serious one. It's a deal breaker. He says, you have left your first love, and he tells them to repent and return to their first works. It was necessary that they repent. Why would the Son of God have told them to repent if they weren't in danger of hellfire? Revelation 2, 4, and 5, Jesus had already said, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. That begins with initial repentance, but it doesn't end there. It, wherever repentance is needed in the life of the wayfaring saint, he must render it before God. He must repent, which means to admit your sin and return to the Lord. Verse 15, while it is said, Hebrews 3, Today, if you hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the day of provocation. So First Timothy 4, 6, If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, these things are that there are going to be seducing spirits and doctrines of devils and people departing from the faith. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, Thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. Also, verse 16, take heed to thyself and, and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. Doctrine is extremely important to God. It appears 51 times in the Bible, the word doctrine. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Let me remind you of Galatians 6, 9, which says, Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. We're going to reap. Jesus said, In your patience possess ye your souls. And let me read again if Hebrews 6, 11, and 12. And we desire that every one of you do show the same 
diligence. Let me start in verse 10, Hebrews 6, for God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have showed toward his name in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. You know, somebody listening to me has really been used of God and every true believer has in some way or the other. And I want to ask, are you going to just let all that go and not be rewarded in glory for it and wind up sulking consciously in the bowels of a eternal damnation. Your soul is in the balance. And this is for all the marbles. What good would it be for a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? For what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? That's what Jesus asked. Notice again, Hebrews 6, 10 through 12, as we come in for a landing here in this message. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have showed toward his name, in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end that ye be not slothful, don't be lazy, be diligent, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Jesus said, in your patience, possess ye your soul. That's another uh, way of saying you must endure to the end to be saved. In your patience, your perseverance. Mark chapter 4 parable of the sower and the word. I'm going to start in verse 14. The sower soweth the word, Jesus said. These are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise, which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time. See, they were shallow-rooted believers. In the Luke 8, 11 through 15 version, he said they endure for a time, they continue for a time after being saved, but then they fall away. And Jesus says here, verse 17, Mark 4, and have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time. See, notice these are those who hear the word and immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves and so endure. But for a time afterward, when it's qualified in Luke, he said they do believe for a time. So they're saved. That clearly tells us they're saved. And when affliction, why would we be talking about affliction or persecution if it wasn't dealing with a Christian? He wouldn't be. That's clear. When affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. You know, those who we read about who died a martyr's death for Christ, such as in the book called the Book of Martyrs, how is it that they were able to hold up the testimony and be upheld by the grace of God all the way to their horrible death. It's because they had root in themselves. They, from the beginning, built in a foundation against the day to come of obedience, literal obedience to the Lord. And therefore, they were deeply rooted and were not going to deny Christ. And it wasn't because of their own power within them that they chose. See, Peter said he wasn't going to deny Christ, but he did. Why? Because if you back up there in Mark 14, you're going to find that he fell asleep instead of 
praying when he was supposed to be praying and seeking the Lord. And so many today who have been saved, their lives are not filled with fellowship with God daily. He's not first in their lives, and therefore they don't have the spiritual strength of heaven, the grace of God in them, that resurrection grace through living the cross life to sustain them when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake. You see, you can't cheat. You can't shortcut things with God. You must do them his way completely and circumspectly, or it's going to show up. Your foundation is going to have sand in it and is going to collapse in the days to come. Verse 18, Mark 4, And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in choke the word and it becometh unfruitful. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty and some and hundred. Amen. That's where we want to be, those who are the good ground. He gives four different types of soil, and there's only one that's going to be in eternal glory with Jesus, those who choose to have a heart that he calls good ground. And in the Luke eight eleven through 15 passage, he says, out of a good and honest heart, they bring forth fruit unto it everlasting life. The good soil, the good ground, they hear the word, they receive the word, they bring forth fruit, they obey God. That's who's going to be in eternal glory. That is the definition of the wise virgin believers Jesus speaks of in Matthew 25, 1 through 13. And as we close, beloved, you know, the Bible talks about idols of the heart. Ezekiel fourteen three. Do you have any idols in your heart? Could it be that you are your own idol? that you come first and not Jesus. Jesus said he's going to, that if he is not your first love, you must repent. You must repent. You must return to him. Hosea 14, 1 and 2. Oh, Israel, return, return, turn again unto the Lord thy God, for thou hast fallen by thine iniquity. In other words, the wages of sin is death, and your sin has weakened you and caused you to fall because you have departed from the Lord. And he's calling you to return to him. Take with you words, that is, come before God and confess your sins. Take with you words, turn to the Lord. Say unto him, take away all iniquity and receive us graciously. So will we render the calves of our lips. Beloved, perhaps God is calling you to return to him, to take with you words and turn to the Lord, to say to him, just talk to God. He knows everything. Confess your sins to him and cry out to him to take away all iniquity and to receive you graciously. God bless you, saints. Glad we had these moments together. I want to encourage you to avail yourself to the resources on Safeguard Your Soul that are there to help you grow in Christ, to grow in the grace of God in Christ, and to fuel you in enduring to the end and to be with Jesus for all eternity. And God bless you, friends. And we cry out, Lord, to you right now to come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen. 
Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the Word of God. And remember, there's hundreds of more Christ-centered, scripture-rich, edifying podcasts on safeguardyoursoul.com forward slash audios. There's also a store page with several many books on there for your edification in Christ. They're all scripture-rich and Christ-centered. Also, tens of thousands of saints and sinners are being reached every month, and you're prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting. And feel free to visit our donate page on the site. And you can use your debit card, PayPal, or Patreon. And you can become a monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so. And a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country and all over the world. And may God be praised that there's fruitfulness happening among his people and through his beloved saints as we know that the return of our Lord Jesus Christ draws nigh. And we say together in the words of Revelation 22, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen.